0: All right, how y'all doing tonight? Well, good to see y'all. Hey, dude, nice beard, man. Dude, I feel it's like Jesus. Good job, man. Hey, my name's Paul. My wife back there, her name is Natalie. She is the bling of the king, my heavenly honey bun, sanctified sweetheart. She's my Bible-believing baby. We got five kids, been married 20 years. I know what you're thinking. I got married when I was 12. Close enough. I'm from Mississippi. But... Uh, Man, great to be with y'all. So look, I'm going to teach you how to do a southern hallelujah. This is how you praise the Lord when you're in the south, okay? Like you're here in Georgia. All right, this is how you do it, okay? I'm going to do it once, and we'll do it together. Y'all ready? Let me show you how y'all look. Y'all look. <laughs> you're not ready. Anyway, here we go. You ready? I'm going to do it once. This is how you praise the Lord. Hallelujah means praise the Lord. Here we go. That's how you do it. Can you do that? And no, I'm showing. Woo! All right, here you go. You ready? You got to give me all you got. I heard you earlier. It's like, eh, no, I ain't doing that. We ain't doing that. Here we go. You ready? All you got. You ready? You got You got fresh stuff for this, Johnny. Come on, man. Johnny Cash, and Pete, you look like that. Here we go. You ready? On the count of three, all you got. I kind of want them to hear it over there in the adult tabernacle. Okay, here we go. You ready? they are like jump. They'll think it's the spirit of God. Anyway, so here we go. You ready? On the count of three, all you got. Let's do a southern hallelujah. One, two, three. Okay, we'll give you that one. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. All right, if you got your Bibles, real quick, go to uh, Mark chapter 4. If you got it, Mark chapter 4. Man, it's good to be here, y'all. What's your name? Joel? All right, I got you. Okay, you're in the Bible. That's good. What's your name? Evelyn? That's a good name. That's a pretty name. All right, Mark chapter 4. It's after the book of Genesis, if you got it. Mark chapter 4 appreciate you not laughing at that. Mark chapter 4, and while you're turning there, uh, if you don't have your Bible, you can look on somebody else. While you're turning there, I want to introduce you to somebody real important to me. Y'all meet him tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. His name is Britton Bishop. He's in the back back there. Be rip where you at, man? Best speaker person I've ever met in my entire life. When he preaches, I take notes. I'm just telling you. He's he's the man, right? And he's funny, and he's got an awesome beard. All right, Mark chapter 4, and I'm starting in verse 35, and I'm going to tell you a little story, okay? So I told you, I think I, I'm from Mississippi originally. I live in Columbia, South Carolina now. Uh, this was a good many years ago, probably let's say about maybe eight years ago or nine years ago, something like that. I have property out in Mississippi and I got a pond in my front yard. And uh, so, so one day I'm out there and uh, I, hear, I hear these geese coming in, you know, you know, coming in, to, I got a pond in the front yard? Yeah, no big deal, you know, whatever. I love geese, they're delicious. But anyway, so they were coming in like, and they land on the pond. Now. You may not have any, any uh, uh, dealings with geese, that's okay. I don't mind geese, but the problem with geese is, anybody know, they don't stay on the pond. And they don't stay on the pond. How do I do this without being crude here? Uh, they, they drop uh, goose bombs all in the yard, okay? And I don't wear shoes, you got what I'm saying? So it ain't a good, good combo. So I thought to myself, oh, heck no. I can't do this, y'all. We got, I got, I got to get these geese out of here. So I'm not gonna tell you how I did it, but over a span of about a month or so, it might have included a rifle and a propane tank. Just saying, but over a span of about a month, no lie, <clears throat> those geese, I scared those geese off my property, off my pond, so that anytime they would come back and fly in from Canada or wherever they come from, if they saw me in the yard, they would turn and not land and fly away. Okay. All right. So they, they knew, they knew Poppy P. They knew who I was, right? They, they didn't do it. So one day I'm out there with Levi, he's in here, he's 11 now or 12, and about, he's probably two or so, something like that, and uh, we're on the front porch and all of a sudden I hear it, Evelyn I heard it, I went, no, they didn't, and they are them geese didn't come down and land on that pond again, and I did what any good parent would do, I looked at Levi, it was about two, two and a half at the time, I said, Levi, go down to the edge of that water and scare those geese off, right, take notes if you want to be a parent one day, uh, what not to do. So I said, go down and scare those geese off. Levi turns and looks at me. He goes, "Uh uh-uh. I said, Levi, why are you so afraid? Trust me. Like, go go scare those geese off. He looks at me and goes, "Uh uh-uh. Now here's the key. I mean, he's two and a half years old. I don't know what he's scared of. Maybe he's scared of the geese. Maybe he doesn't get it. Maybe he's scared of drowning down there. Maybe he's scared of something I don't know, but I don't know. The point is, Levi had been with me for a couple years now. And all I wanted him to do was take a step and trust me in my, trust my word and my work that I had done. That's all I wanted to do. But he was afraid. Tonight, I want to talk about something that I see all throughout the Bible, but I also see it all across the nation right now, especially in the church, Fear. Now, I'm going to do it a little bit differently now, right? I I read through the Bible, and I see, like, man, I see David wrestling with this. I see Moses wrestling with this. I see Esther. I see all people throughout the Bible wrestling with what I call, if you're taking notes, I call heart fears, all right? So here's what a heart fear is, okay? I'm going to give you this. Here's what a heart fear is, okay? A heart fear is anything that can distract you, discourage you, stop you from fully trusting Jesus' word and his work. Today for yourself. A heart fear, I'm going to repeat it again. A heart fear is anything that has a tendency to distract you or discourage you or stop you from fully trusting Jesus, his word and his work, today for yourself. It's a heart fear. Now, here's how I describe it. I'm going to tell you a few of my heart fears. I hope it's okay if I share this with you. I hope it is. Here's a few of my heart fears. You ready? These are things that have the tendency to take my focus off of Christ, forget what he's like and stop me from trusting and obeying him today. These are heart fears. These are a few of mine. You ready? So here's a couple of mine. Uh, my heart fear is the fear of failure. Anybody? <laughs> I have a terrible fear of failure. Now, a is a great teacher. I get that. I understand the truth of that. There may be lots of things underneath that. But behind it, things that can stop me from being all in with Christ and trusting and obeying him today would be that I'm afraid of failing one way or the other. That keeps me frozen. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but I do. Here's another one. One of my heart fears is uh, getting it wrong. Y'all, I grew up, I made a 40 down ACT. I grew up dumb as a log, okay? You know what I'm saying? It wasn't working for me. I have a terrible tendency, especially in the idea of the Christian faith, of what if I look foolish? What if I look like I don't know what I'm talking about, right? Behind that is, the heart fear is, what if I'm not good enough? What if somebody figures it out that I ain't what I think I am, Right? That lie has a tendency to keep me frozen from following Jesus with everything I've got. It it distracts me. That's another one of mine. The next one is, do I have what it takes? That's a big heart fear of mine that keeps my eyes on me or circumstances other than Christ. Heart fears. We all got them. Now, if I were to ask you this, I shared a few of mine. You don't have to. Don't feel like you're put on the spot here. If I were to ask you, some of y'all, what are some of the heart fears in your life regardless of your age, that had the tendency to distract you or, or hinder you from following Jesus with everything you've got today, what are they? Give me somebody. Anybody want to say one? It's okay if you don't. I just want to give you the opportunity. I like, I like crowd participation. What you got back there? Huh? Disappointment. you disappointing God, disappointing others, what? Yeah? All right, good. Okay. The fear of disappointment. That's a big one. I can't take a step because I'm afraid of messing up or disappointing somebody or disappointing God. Good. Give me something else. Anybody else? What you got? Yeah. Hey, thank you for sharing that. Hey, thank you, by the way, for sharing that too, by the way. Judgment from others are non-believers. Good. That's a big one, y'all. Am I going too fast for y'all? Is that okay? That's a big one. Judgment's a big one. And I would say if I can, out of that, here's a big one when it comes to judgment. What are they going to think about me? It's the fear of what other people think. Right, that's that's a big one. It's a heart fear, and I'm gonna tell you right now, I get that one a lot. But y'all, that one is keeping us from following Jesus like nobody's business. That I care more. Uh, how would how would uh, John twenty twenty one say it? The disciples were hiding after the resurrection and behind closed doors for fear of the Jews. We have that same mentality of what are people going to think, do, target me, whatever it, whatever you think. That fear right there might be. One of the number one fears in the Christian faith right now. Right? And it's stopping us from following Jesus with everything we got. Thank you for sharing that. That's a good one. Give me another one. Fear of others. Yep. Oh, that's a good one. Did y'all hear that one? <laughs> Can y'all hear me okay? Don't I do like this? Look at my man right here. Look at he like, his <laughs> Okay. Anyway, sorry about that. Um, what did you say? Oh, yeah. Fear of not being enough. Right? Do I have what it takes? Y'all, that's a big one. What happens if you, for instance, step out in faith and trust God? What happens if you decide that you want to tell people about Jesus? What happens if your plans might look different from other people's plans for your life because you're following Christ? All Right? Do I have what it takes? Am I going to be good enough? Is God going to show up if I do this? Good. Give me another one. I like these. Give me another one. Hey, come on, guys. No offense. Y'all got them, too. Guys are like, man, I ain't afraid of nothing. Yes, you are you're afraid of people thinking you, you're, you're afraid. You're afraid of what people think about you. Like, man, I got all of what it takes. And you're just afraid you ain't got what it takes. So you got fears, too. You got things that hold you back from following Jesus. I right, give me a one. All right, good. Losing people because of your faith. Because I'll tell you, they're very possible. You might be judged. You might lose people in your life. But you might gain people in your life because of your faith. Another fear is that might stop you is, what happens if you lose somebody in your family? Fear of what's going on in your family right now is a big one. Give me another one. Give me a dude. Come on, guys. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? You play for the Braves? Are you sure? I think I saw you on TV the other day. Are you sure about that? Okay, anyway. Second base, middle infield. I got you, man. Go ahead. Say that again. Oh, that's a good one. Hey, that's a real one. Thank you for being honest there, bro. Fear of being wrong about your faith. Like, what if you're getting it wrong? I got you, bro. (laughs) It's not funny, but I got it. Because here's the thing, you're asking. There's a plenty of proof for that, but let's be honest. There's a lot of, a lot of doubt that's shot at us every single day, isn't there? Every single one of you. Is, forget just the faith for a second. But in the faith, every single one of us are shot the arrows of doubt at us all the time. Doubt and discouragement. Is this real? What if I believed wrong? What if What if this is all wrong? It's a big one, and that'll keep you. will keep you stuck. Give me Give me a couple more. Anybody else? What you got? Oh, one more. Time. Go ahead. Say it again. Like, oh, I like that one. That's a good one. I got my steps in right there. I feel good about that. Hey, that's a good one. So fear of, say that one more time. Plans for the future. Woo. Y'all. Y'all hear what she said? Fear plans for the future. Here's my question. What if you go all in for Jesus and he asks you to do something that's totally different than your plans, your parents' plans, your grandparents' plans, somebody else's plans? Some of us in this room, right in this place right now, are so afraid to, to go all in with Christ. That's a heart fear because what if you do? What are his plans for your life? Can you trust him with those plans? Can you trust that his plans, though maybe different, are far greater than anything we could come up with? And I'm going to be honest with you, that hinders us a lot, doesn't it? Has a tendency to anyway, right? Good, give me another one or two more. That's a good one. What you got, bro? Look at at this guy's beard. Tell me we're not looking like Jesus over here. Oh, that's a good one. He said, Fear of having no purpose or meaning. Did y'all know that the majority of people in this world right now um, long for purpose? And so many people, I can't tell you whether it's in the faith or out of faith, doesn't matter. So many people feel like I'm just living in the mundane every day. There's no purpose to what I'm doing. That's a big one. That can stop you. How about this one? Fear of loneliness. You know what I'm saying? I ain't talking about introverted loneliness. That's like praise God for some people. (laughs) I'm talking about like the fear of if something happens, nobody gives a rip about you in the end. Right? You're on your own. Nobody cares. How about the, used to be FOMO, fear of missing out. Now it's FOBO. Fear of better opportunity, and nobody wants to commit to anything. (laughs) That's not funny. But anyway, so, but you see what I'm saying? Y'all, all all of these things, why would I, why we talk about this? There's tons more, aren't there? Because here's what I think. You ready? Maybe I need to get up here. You and I, me, you and you. I don't know what the proper English is there. Iris, you can help me if you need to, by the way. By the way, isn't it mad Iris? All these guys, aren't they amazing? Goodness gracious. Incredible. Wow. Y'all are my heroes and sheroes in the faith. When I grow up, I'm gonna be like y'all with red hair and a beard, okay? Anyway, so because here's why it's important, y'all. I'm not just up here chatting, here's why it's important for us, and I appreciate you being honest about that, by the way. Thank you. Because there's other ones nobody talked about. There's a lot more. Here's why it's important. You live in a society today, in a culture today, a church culture today for a lot of you that are breeding fear. They're breeding you to not trust and obey Christ. You live in a a, a world today that that doesn't love God that is telling you how you and I should love and obey God. They're putting all the stipulations on us of what we can and cannot do, right? They're making us afraid. If you stand up for Christ... You see what I'm saying? They agree with that. The Lord agrees. Thank you, Jesus. But when when you step out and obey Christ, they're going to try to silence you. When you step out and try to love and serve people, they're going to say that you're wrong. It's a culture that is bred for us to be afraid. And Jesus 365 times says, do not be afraid. That's interesting, isn't it? Interesting. So anyway, if you get your Bibles ready, thank you for sharing. Let's go on. Here's a, here's a, here's twelve dudes now, ladies. It's for YouTube. Here's twelve guys who had their own heart fears that they had to deal with. But see, they had been with Jesus for a year, year and a half now, or so. They had heard some of the things that He said, saw some of the cool miracles that He had done, and they, this moment right here was I don't want to say a test, but it sure brought to light whether they really understood who Jesus was or whether they really trusted Him for themselves. Right. So here we go. You ready? If y'all ready, go. I'm ready. Oh yeah. Hey. I just want you guys to know how much you are loved by God. All right, let's go. Here we go. You ready? Verse 35. On that day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, let's go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so the boat was already filling. But he was asleep, he was in the stern asleep on the cushion. Now, if you got your Bibles, put your two or three stars right there. Because that right there, if you go, you want to be like Jesus, Jesus took naps, take you some naps. Amen. Go ahead. Put that by there. That's in the Bible. Okay. Y'all know that's a shirt about that. All right. But he was in the stern asleep on a cushion. And they woke him and they said, teacher, don't you care? We're perishing. We're drowning. And Jesus awoke and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. Shh. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. And Jesus said to them, you ready? And he says to us tonight, why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Don't you trust me? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? All right, so let's have a little participation again. You ready? All right, so let's, let's put it on there. All right, uh, where were the disciples in Jesus? Out loud. On the boat. All right, where were they on the boat? On the Sea of Galilee, all right, uh, or, or the sea. Uh, who were there other boats in the in the equation or just them? Look in the Bible. Other boats or just them. Nope. Look in the Bible. Other boats or just them. Other boats. Good. There's other boats in there. Um, now, who's on the boat with with Jesus? The disciples. Now, uh, what is Jesus doing? He's asleep. You guys are doing good. Y'all must have read this before. He's asleep on the on the uh, on the cushion in the stern. Uh, what's going on around the disciples? Huh? What is it? A storm, good. There's a storm, small storm, big storm, big storm. Anybody want to sound, see what that sounds like? Go ahead, give me a shot. Seven, about seven to twelve foot swell waves over the over the boat. This is a big one, okay. Big, 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 big wave, okay. Now here's my question. And think about this just for a second, because I think there's two. What are the disciples' heart fear in this moment? What are they most afraid of in this moment? Take them, take a take a Three seconds, right? Think about it. Really look in the look in the Bible, because I'm gonna tell you, you want to know the answer? Look in the book, right? So what's, what are the disciples' heart fear in this moment? Are you ready? First one, what you got? Drowning. That's a good one. That's a good fear, all right? A, a drowning. Now, here's the thing. The term that they use there is a term called, it's perish. Same term used in John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish. Good. Y'all are brilliant. Not perish but I have everlasting life. So here we go. The drowning shows you what they're really afraid of. What are they really afraid of? Dying and therefore what? Keep going. What you got? Not going to heaven, but going down, right? Because think about it. Their main fear is that they're going to perish, that they're going to drown, and therefore, remember, they've left everything. They've left everything to follow Jesus. They've left their jobs. They've left all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, Jesus is over here sleeping on the cushion. Second fear, heart fear is, they believe that Jesus doesn't care about them. Anybody? Bad things happen in your life. First thing you do is want to blame God and say God doesn't care. Things happened in the last year, year and a half. Think, ah, God doesn't care about me. Doesn't give a rip about me. Right? Because here's the thing. If Jesus seems to be asleep and uninterested on this boat, Right? And his say he doesn't care. He's just at best uninterested about them, right? He's just asleep. And therefore, their main fear is what made them afraid was they left everything to follow Jesus, but now he's asleep and looks like he doesn't care. And now they're left to rowing. Keep rowing, keep rowing, harder, keep rowing, keep rowing. You ready? Here's what somebody said earlier. Their main heart fear is they realize that if Jesus doesn't care, if he's not who he says he is, if he's uninterested, Here's what it is it's all on them that's the fear the fear is is that all their life all their eternity everything all that work right in that moment when faced with death they realize you ready they're not enough one of the greatest joys and gifts in each of our lives is when we realize that no matter what we will never be enough pressure goes off when you and i realize The greatest fear is, man, before God, my works are not enough. I'm never enough. I can't do this. They just have to keep rowing, keep rowing harder, keep rowing harder. And we live our lives oftentimes, don't we, as if it's all on my shoulders. We live this Christian life oftentimes as if it's all on us. And the disciples' heart fear is they knew when it comes to crunch time, they weren't enough. They knew it, and so it terrified them right? So their focus is on the storm and their focus is on themselves. And when our eyes are on ourselves and on our circumstances, our eyes aren't up on God. And therefore tons of anxiety, depression, fear takes the day, right? That's a heart fear. But I mean, at least they went to God. I mean, at least they went to Jesus in this moment, right? And remember what they do to Jesus? They go to Jesus and they, what do they do? They wake him up. And what does Jesus do? Remember what Jesus does in in the passage? What does Jesus do? He wakes up and does what? Good. Commands to be quiet. Goes peace. How many of us just need that peace, right? Jesus goes peace, and it calms, right? It calms down, just like that. The very thing that they were t- that made them terrified in the first place, thinking it was all on them. Jesus goes, that's enough, and he calms it. Now here's what happens. What happens to them on this in this moment is, as Jesus calms this, they ask a question. It's a great question. They go in this moment, all of a sudden they're going, ah, it's all of us. we got to row harder, row harder, row harder. Jesus, don't you care? Lord, wake up. Enough. And there's a peace. And then they ask this question, who is this? Who is this? Like, we, we've left things to follow. We thought we understood him, but who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? Well, Psalm 107 and Psalm 99 tell us. There's only one being that can calm the wind and the waves, and that's the one that made them. When they're asking who is this, what Jesus is telling all of us in the room, me included, all of us here, is that they understood, I think, began to get it for the first time. Because there's only one thing, one being that can cast out fear. They can cast out fear of judgment. They can calm our fears. There's only one being that can turn fear as an enemy to a friend, and that's God. And in this moment, when Jesus calms the storm and they go, who is this? That heart fear turns to heart worship in that moment because they realize that Jesus is God. Jesus is God. And everything changed for them in that moment. Heart fear turned to heart worship for them. So the Bible says about, about Jesus, he says, I am the Lord and there is no other. You see, those waves knew Jesus' name. Fear knows Jesus' name. Even demons know who Jesus is and they shudder with fear, right? And so much of the time, I wonder, is that are our, our, our eyes fixed on ourselves or other things and not on Christ? And Jesus is calling and saying, I'm God and there's no other. Trust me. Y'all remember... Um, Y'all remember uh, Levi, is in, the, in the geese, right? Remember, he's out on the porch. And I said, Levi, just trust me. Why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? And uh, and I said, just trust me, son. It's okay. I got you. So Levi goes and he takes a couple steps down that thing, and I'm up, up on the porch, and, and he starts heading towards the geese, and those geese start going, and start flapping, and he runs back. I said, you got this, man. Come on. I'm right here with you. Trust me. You got this. Don't be, why are you afraid? Just trust me. And all of a sudden, he takes a step. My little blonde head's bobbing down the road down to the yard and, and all of a sudden those geese start going <laughs> again and start flapping and then and then they start charging at him and I went oh dear so he didn't know it but I, I move out from behind the porch and those geese now look through Levi and they see me and they start flying off and, and they fly away and Levi's just sitting there walking, watching them go off and he turns around and he goes yeah so it's just a celebration right but here's the thing I never, ever once was asking Levi to defeat those geese. I wasn't asking him to do that. I just wanted him to know to take a step and trust his daddy to know that his daddy had his back. That's what I wanted him to know, to take a step with, with him trusting me and my word and my work in that moment. And, you know, I want you to understand that's it's real simple. That's exactly what Jesus is asking us right now. He's just asking us to take a step. Why? Because Jesus Christ has completely, not just calmed the storm, He satisfied the wrath of God. He's completely calmed everything that we could be afraid of because behind all heart fear, I believe, is the fear of death standing before God. Jesus has already calmed all of that on the cross. So what is our response? Just take a step. Just take one step at a time. Trust and obey him. He's not asking any of us to defeat the very thing that we're scared of. He calmed the storm. You understand, he's not asking you and me to, to, to fight everything and as if we need to slay that, that giant. No, 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 no. He's just simply asking you to trust him as God. And whatever that fear is in your life, that might be hindering you. Some of us in the room, it might be a fear to, to be all in for Christ up front. Some of you might be fear going, man, I, my whole year has not really looked like following Jesus and I'm afraid if I come here, I'm going to be a hypocrite. Some of you, it might be a fear to truly confess and repent of your sins to God and to other, and to one another, confess it to one another. For other people, it might be complete fear to give your life to Christ and receive forgiveness because you don't know what, what's going to happen with your life. That might be your heart fear. For others of you, it might be the fear of what other people think as some of you shared. What if I go all in? Like, What if I I stop waiting until day five of camp and just go in and take a step with God right now? (laughs) What if I did that? What if I confess my fear to God and say, Lord, you're God, I'm going to trust you. Jesus, I trust you. Here's a step. See, all of us have those heart fears. All of us do. And the question for all of us here is, will we take a step and trust God and say, Jesus, I trust you. Whatever your fear is, whatever it is that that holds you back, whatever it is that hinders you, stops you, freezes you, distracts you from trusting God's word and his work today for yourself. And you say, Jesus, I trust you with that. Because I'm gonna tell you, Jesus is not asleep. He's not dead. He's very much awake and alive, and he says, I'm right here. And we don't have to wait. So my question would be, just like those geese knew me. Does your fear know Christ? Yes. And are we willing to take a step with him today? One step at a time. Because he's God. Jesus is God. Now, some of you shared your fears earlier, and I appreciate that. But what I'm going to do right now is a little bit different. There's no forcing here at all, right? There's, that's not how we roll. But I know it's first night of camp. I get that. I know... You know, lots of different things. So there's no pressure here at all. But what I found is, is that we're we're a family. And whether you know each other for a long time or whether you're new to the game, it doesn't really matter. Jesus is still God and He's still present, right? So if you got that heart fear, you think about what those heart fears are that, that are distracting you, freezing you, hindering you from being all in with Christ. I want you to think about it right now, and we're going to take time as a family. We're going to take time one at a time to stand, hands open. Saying like, Lord, I give this to you, right? I I want your perfect love to cast out this fear. I I, I trust you, and to receive that love right on the spot of Christ, and simply to say, Jesus, I trust you, one at a time. Whatever that fear is, for some of you, it's the fear of failure. Jesus, I trust you. For some of you, it's the fear of death. Jesus, I trust you. For some of you, it's the fear of what's going to of judgment. Jesus, I trust you. For some of you, it's completely different. But tonight, the the step is. To say, Jesus, I trust you. And it's really that simple. Okay? All right, let's pray. Lord. I wonder if if we need to hear from you. Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And I wonder if some of us, it's maybe sharing our faith with other people. And it's really scary sometimes. For others of us, we've been obeying for quite a while. Some people went in here. And maybe it's the fear that their work and all their, their, their labor that they've done in love, will it amount to anything? Is it really making a difference? I don't know what that is, Lord. But I pray that right now you put your finger on our fears, the things that are distracting us or taking our focus away from you. And I ask Holy Spirit you would do it only you could do in this moment no frill no none of that stuff Lord but just Jesus I trust you Lord you're God we trust you alright I'm going to give us an opportunity one at a time no pressure whatsoever no pressure whatsoever if you want to give those fears to Jesus and take a step just like, just like Levi did take a step because Jesus has already taken care of all of it with that heart fear in mind and say Jesus I trust you and Then you can sit back down, okay? Jesus, I trust you. Then you can sit back down. Come okay, and give us about ten seconds. Uh, not, not. want two or three at a time. One at a time in front of everybody. Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I trust you. All right, ready? Ten seconds. Here we go. One at a time. Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I trust you. trust you. Eight seconds. Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I trust you. Seven seconds. Whatever that heart fear is, you want to give it to him and say, Lord, I'm tired of living in fear. Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I trust you. Six seconds. Hold on, stand up. But what'd you say? What'd you say? Okay, just making sure. I'd follow you, dude. If you told me, I'd tell you. I believe you. Five seconds. Jesus, I trust you. Now, does standing up mean that you're never going to be afraid. No. Does it seem silly sometimes? Yes. But I'm telling you right now that we are living in a state of fear instead of faith. Fear doesn't have to be your enemy. It can be your, it can be your friend because it, it points you to Jesus and, and makes you rely on him more. Right? Five seconds. Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I trust you. Four seconds. Jesus, I trust you. You know, hey, what's your name? Bella. Be- Bella? Bella. Jesus, I trust you. Three seconds. Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I trust you. Two seconds. Jesus, I trust you. Take a step a step with God. Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I trust you. One second. Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I trust you. Half a second. second Lord may your perfect love cast out fear may we respond to your word the way that you want us to because Jesus the main thing is is that you're God you're God and there's no other